Episode 264 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Seminoff, sitting in for Bill. Well, last week we sat down with Luis Rodriguez, President and CEO of Keycentrics, a Wichita healthcare software company, and got to know his backstory of growing up in Wichita. This week, we continue the conversation by looking at his company and then turning to what he sees ahead for Wichita. He was part of our ICT Summit earlier this month and had some interesting things to say. He'll talk more about them in episode 264. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is our 2022 Healthcare Heroes. Medical professionals and volunteers have gone through so much over the past couple of years, and the Wichita Business Journal honors many of them with our healthcare heroes. It spotlights almost 50 healthcare professionals, educators, innovations, and volunteers. This year's healthcare heroes begin on page 17. We have two lists this week, dental practices and outpatient surgery centers. This week's list story looks at demand for outpatient surgery as COVID has subsided and procedures are back to full steam ahead. The lists begin on page 10. This month, our Young Professionals series spotlights rising professionals in marketing. Read about who they are and why they're climbing in their fields, beginning on page 53. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 66. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, last week we learned much about Luis Rodriguez, growing up first in Puerto Rico, then his move with his family to Wichita as a young boy. He talked about his strong mother and her influence on her children, then started to get into Luis's rise in Wichita business. We start part two here by getting into a key job for him at High Touch Technologies, then Keycentrics. So that you're getting into your wheelhouse now, and then tell me about Nerd Unit. Nerd Unit. (laughs) So I like to tell people that I started Geek Squad. The truth is... So you're the guy. Yeah. The truth is... You know, obviously, I have no claim to Geek Squad, or or maybe I'd be doing something different. I don't know. But Nerd Unit was a precursor to Geek Squad. I had uh, decided there are a lot of small businesses that having trouble with printer, like think your insurance company and the inkjet that they bought back then, and how that just never worked. Internet was dial-up internet was the thing. Internet was new to people, but they were starting to need it. They didn't even know what a modem was. So we, I created with some friends and as contractors, we loosely came together and created Nerd Unit. And it was just, you call us when you need help with your technology. And those clients eventually started wanting websites because websites started becoming the business card, the table stakes for a business. None of us knew I was the closest to it with my math skills, mm-hmm. right? And I was 
generally doing the books and running the business. So I had the most seat time. So I sat down and learned code. So I coded my first website in uh, what's called Action Script, which is what drove Flash, if you remember Flash. Right. Uh, it was for a DJ. It was, a, it was a DJ rental service website. How naturally did it come to you? Uh, hard to tell. At the time, I felt like I was doing pretty good. After a career of software development and getting better education and having more experience, I was a hack then for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the time, I felt like oh, I can do this. And I actually really liked it, really enjoyed it. Um, and when we decided to sell Merge Unit, right, um, I decided that what I was going to do next was work in software. And, you know, when we sold Nerd Unit, I had freshly married. Maybe we're going to have a kid. Nerd Unit was a small business in the classic sense where you're like, uh, there's only enough money here for me to eat ramen. You know, <laughs> my wife was in uh, college at the time and we were paying for that too. Right. And so like we decided to sell Nerd Unit because I couldn't give it any more time right mm -hmm. and move it forward and we just weren't in a place where that made sense that they, i was scared of it then mm -hmm. you know weren't there aren't as many resources uh so as an entrepreneur i said ah, i need to do different um so that's uh we sold it we actually so here's what happened sold um not the book of business but the brand the website everything the systems we had created i sold that Apparently that was awesome. The valuable part. Yeah. Now. So we sold that to a company in Oklahoma City called Geek Rescue. And Geek Rescue, a few weeks later, sold the Geek Squad. And Geek Squad eventually was bought by Best Buy. And so that's why I tell people, oh, Nerd Unit is what started this whole thing. <laughs> you ever walk in and go right to the corner and the uh, Geek Squad at Best me. Buy? I mean, our Nerd Unit's <laughs> theme was an ambulance. We were we mm -hmm. were EMS tech crew. That was the brand image. So mm -hmm. Geek Squad was the same thing, but police. And I was like, <laughs> I did that, right? <laughs> and it just if anybody's listening, I didn't. I don't want a lawsuit from Best Buy. <laughs> It's just a funny anecdote that I romanticize in my mind. <laughs> I, I don't think we have to worry about Best Buy corporate lawyers listening in, but just in case. Okay, so you, you sell Nerd Unit in 2005, and then you started at High Touch. I did. I did. Uh, so went to High Touch. I applied for their technician role because I had no credentials as a, as a software engineer. I just had my map, right? And I, what's funny is High Touch back then interviewed in panel formats. So it was like six people in the room where I interviewed. And, you know, I'd obviously worked at Bombardier Aerospace at a really high level uh, with managers and, and, and directors, right? Uh, then you, when you run your own business, you develop certain abilities to communicate and deliver complex things, especially in the area of technology. Mm -hmm. So I sit down and do this interview and they're all interviewing me. And, uh, you know, I answered the question. To me, I'm like, oh, I'll answer these, see where it goes. And uh, the director of the department was the one that called me back, you know, a week later. His name's Jeff. Jeff works for me now, right, at Keycentrics. But back then he was director of support. And he calls me back, takes me to lunch. And he says, 
why do you want to work here as a technician? And I said, because I want to get into software and, and I'm going to have to earn my way into it, right? And he says, you're significantly overqualified for this position. I said, that, I can understand why you think that. And that's maybe likely true for a traditional person with this kind of resume. But, you know, I was raised with nothing. You know, work is not something I'm afraid of. Earning, anting up is not it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, let me get in. You should know I want to be a software engineer, but I want to be that here. And I'm willing to work my way into that opportunity when it shows up. And I, Jeff took a risk on me in hindsight. Uh, if I was Jeff, I probably wouldn't have hired me because the truth be told is when you hire a technician, you're looking for someone who wants to be good at that job, wants to put some effort into it, maybe become a supervisor of technicians, right? Stay in the lane. Mm -hmm. Because if you're gonna invest in them for their career growth in that position, you want it to be relative, you know, related. Right. You don't wanna like invest all this energy. You go to a whole nother department and now you're starting over with somebody new. And so in hindsight, he, he should, probably shouldn't have. Uh, and he dealt, he put up with a lot because I'm a guy with ideas. And I I, told, I was a huge pain in the ass for Jeff. Absolutely. <laughs> and for high touch in general. I mean, I pushed all kinds of buttons to challenge Wayne and, you know, Kevin and Jason over there. And, and, and kudos to them because uh, they were patient enough with me uh, that uh, my experiences them opened more and more opportunities. So. Definitely. That's how I ended up high touch. <laughs> you stayed there 10 years. And then what interested you in Keycentrics? What attracted me about Keycentrics was the product was in an area where the sole focus of the organization using the product is to make sure, right, the person's getting their medicine and surviving. Say what you will about big pharma, right? Doctors, I, I don't care. It's a thing that exists. There are people with copper processing deficiency that the only way they can live is if they take this pill. Okay. By me doing that well, affordably, efficiently from the Midwest, the cost of that healthcare goes down. That person can live and not have to be a rich person to survive. And so now my, my downstream desires are lined up. And that's what attracted me about Kissing. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's what pushed me into taking the opportunity as their CTO. Mm -hmm. And later you became president and CEO. That's yes. yeah. what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about some of the things we talked about at last week's ICT Summit. Sure. Uh, you were on the Thinking Big, Looking Ahead panel with Sherry Utash, WSU Tech, Mary Beth Jarvis. Love her. Of Nextus. Who doesn't love Mary? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This was a, a, a superstar panel. Angela Mwazi Hall of Quick oh, Hire. Brilliant. And Daniel White of AGH. Oh, what a great human. <laughs> I called it the happy fun bunch going in, but you were also the Frank Talk bunch, uh, which I think we probably could have could predicted as well. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of interesting things said by everybody in the panel, including by you. Um, one thing that stuck with me is something Sherry Utash said. But when you think about Wichita's nickname, the air capital of the world, she, she had an analogy that 
Every car has a front wheel windshield and a back windshield. Mm -hmm. You see what's behind you through the back windshield, but it's more important to see what's ahead. But it's also important to know where you've been. Uh, here's a question, and you can take this wherever you want. Is Wichita's car facing the right way right now? Well, the problem with that analogy is, is sound when you're looking at what your piece is of this puzzle. Where that analogy gets difficult, and I think Dr. Utesh would, would agree, right, is, you know, what Wichita needs are a few cars with the right destination set, right? There is no one highway to what the future of Wichita will be, and therefore we're all in that one car. We need a fleet of vehicles, and all of those vehicles need to be pointed at something good. So in, in her analogy, you know, I think she went on to say, which I support is one of those vehicles needs to take what we've been historically great at and make sure we're continuing to be absolutely the best at it. So, you know, things like the Deloitte Smart Factory and, and advanced manufacturing and, and saying, we know how to make things in highly regulated industries reliably and cost-effectively. That's been our story for years. That hasn't changed. You've seen it in aircraft, we can do it elsewhere. That's a car, right? Bringing some of the knowledge worker, middle layer jobs of the future in technology is a car. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be rolled into cultivating entrepreneurs, right? So our potential as an idea hub, which we have a long history of, right, is a car. So I think some of these cars are very well pointed. I think some cars have the right direction and no gas in them. And I think some cars are, you know, going around the surface. Uh, are these easy fixes? Because um, it seems like, to keep this car analogy going, we've been talking about this, this car lot for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, frank, frank discussion, honest Luis, <laughs> nothing happens without money. Right. Right. Uh, and there's always the argument of, like any business, a business plan then can beget support, and support begets the money, and so forth and whatnot. Um, de I definitely think there's some elements of that. I also think there's an element of, are we making wise decisions as a community to support those things? So that what is a very generous community, a very engaged community, I don't think Wichita's unengaged, is putting their efforts in the right buckets. Because what happens when people start finding success running these cars is that it's easy for another guy or another girl to say, we need this car out there too right now. We need this car out there too. Well, now you're, now you're thinning out your resources and making a 10% increase in all the areas we could make increases in will make for years before we get there, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, I think... It's like paying off credit cards, man. You know, like if you just pay off the minimums and you try to pay everything off at minimum, you're never going to gain ground. What you have to do is compound the payoff. Uh, and I think the fixes we need are finding out a way in our community to make sure we are doing that compound payoff situation so that we can gain momentum quickly. Uh, then we can put more cars out. Mm -hmm. you know, then there's scale. 
Your, your panel talked a lot about leadership. Uh, we have an emerging leaders program and we asked the question a few weeks ago, who are the leaders in our community? And there was silence and then someone followed by saying, it's the people with the money. Uh, what is your view on that? Who are, to you, when you look at our yeah, city, okay, who are, our, who are our leaders in our community? Um, and why isn't it the people with the money necessarily? All right, so I'll, let me pick on a couple of examples. And and for those of you who are listening that I know, if I don't mention your name, <laughs> you know, know that I still love and respect you. But but I only got a few minutes, and I'm going to go with what pops in my head first. Okay, let's look at uh, Ariel Rodriguez Empower, mm-hmm. right? Um, what he's been able to do, he's got no money. He's got zero money. He's put it together, right? And he's leading a community, a Hispanic community, into the behaviors and entrepreneurism that we need. He said, hey, I can make a difference if I take it at this angle and push it into this direction, right? It'll create opportunities for the Latin uh, and Hispanic community. And it's also in alignment with Wichita needs a culture of entrepreneurs, right? right? But no money. He did the hard work to do that, right? So I call him a community leader. But sometimes when people hear community leader, you hear who are the giants of our community. Mm-hmm. And those two things are very different, right? Right. Because I think a community leader is Aaron Bastion. And he would also be probably labeled as a giant for obvious reasons. But it's not because he's a giant. Because we have banking institutions that do very little for our community, in our community, right? Right. So it isn't the money that that gets the attention. It's the taking the risk and doing it. Uh, Ariel took a risk. Aaron takes risks. So I think the definition should be different. And I and I think that waiting for the money is part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know what the right answer to that is. You asked if it's an easy fix. It really isn't an easy fix. It's a matter of persistence, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, and we heard a couple of times during the summit that we need twenty Aaron Bastions in this town, and that's need is a strong word, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it would be an easy button to have twenty Aaron Bastions, mm-hmm. and everybody was, would love a magic bullet. Uh, we're happy to have as many Aaron Bastions that feel the call and the passion he does. Right. Uh, we don't need 20 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at this city, do you look, when, when you look at the city and what it can be or could be, do you th- think of it in terms of your mother when she came here? Or, we, or you when you came here? Um, I, I certainly think my views are informed by the approaches that my mom took, you know, the approaches I take, uh, where, you know, and it's a Midwestern feel, like this notion of bootstrapping. Uh, I think that's the impetus for a lot of the views I have, but but I don't I don't want to suggest that we don't have enough people working at it. I think we do. So I I think what you're sensing when people say money and things don't have money, I even said that right, 
is that the work ethic isn't always reciprocated. And a really good example would be, we have a lot of awesome development in Wichita. Think about the buildings that were dilapidated that have been refurbished, zones of our community that have been updated uh, for business, for the growth in the economy, the things we brought in, the baseball park, the you know, even interest 10 years ago, right? And you know, we've had a lot of that stuff happen in good ways. Now, now pretend, Kirk, that you were going to go out and start, you know, Kirk's private investigative service, right? Because you look like a PI from where I'm sitting. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. And let's say you start that, right? Where are you going to put your office? If you want a nice office. If I want a nice office, I'm probably yeah, going to put it on the east side. Right. And how much do you think the square foot for that office is going to be right now? Don't 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 use the Wichita Journal has been here for a billion <laughs> years square foot price. It's going to be I don't I don't know a number. It would oh, be expensive. I, oh, my goodness. Most expensive in town. 27, 30, 31. That's where these things are headed. Mm -hmm. Right. Who pays that? Who can pay that? Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the level of businesses that need to grow in our Mm -hmm. ecosystem. That's not a viable approach. So what happens is they sit empty. Right. And then what message does that send? That we're not moving forward. We need the eth the work that's being put in to be reciprocated by people who know, hey, my return is in the long game with you. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and take it on the chin, but market rate and what you could do profitably are almost always two different things in real estate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One point you made during the summit that goes along with this is that generational wealth for all Wichitans is something that's very important to you. It is, at least for you know, the Wichitans that I have an impact over. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about equity, inclusion, diversity, belonging a lot in our communities, a lot in this day and age across the country. And there are many good efforts going towards that. I think one of the things business owners could think of and can do to contribute to that is just understanding the notion of um, there are people, right? That because of their family's generational wealth, and I don't mean trust funds. Mm -hmm. I mean, this family actually afforded a house, a simple house, right? Mm -hmm. And they bequeathed that to their kid and that kid sold it, right? They're not going to live in a two bedroom, you know, one car garage house. They sold it. But that put cash into their pocket and advanced their family, which led to the next thing, which led to the next thing. Now, imagine that over 10 years, right? Imagine that over five generations, the opportunity that the fifth generation can have because of what we were able to do with the first generation, right? Mm -hmm. in, in communities of disparate opportunity, that is, is usually a big element of it. They call it social economic impacts, right? Right. And I think, right, as a business owner, that is building a company that can succeed. If I think about what I can do to create generational wealth with my employees, and my dream is to accelerate it, right? To, to, to give them a giant leap forward. But even if I can't, just planting the first seed, that first modest home would be great. Mm -hmm. What I think that does for a community, 
right, uh, is loud and powerful, right? And it's a springboard into opportunities. And when these communities that are, you know, social economically impact get opportunity, then the conversations, the deeper conversations of equity and uh, diversity become easier, right? Right. Because you're not trying to solve for that economic gap anymore. You're trying to solve for making sure you have systems that remove bias. Right. Right. Uh, last question. My daughter is 19, loves the community, loves everything about Wichita. I'm hopeful she wants to stay here and, and grow a career. You have three children who are younger than 19. Mm -hmm. What do you tell them about Wichita? What do you hope they see that will help keep them here? It's a good point. You know, what's funny about all this is I don't try to indoctrinate my kids. Mm -hmm. um, I could. Uh, but, you know, there's the saying that whatever your parents tell you you think you should do is not likely going to be something you take as seriously. <laughs> we, we both probably experienced that. Yeah. So I'm trying not to indoctrinate them, but what I'm hoping I can show them, you know, by wearing my Wichita flag, by answering the call to a podcast like this or a panel over there and, and giving my time for those discussions, is that they can see I believe in our community in Wichita. They can see that it helped me arrive at opportunities and as a result, when they're looking at, you know, my wife's passion as a teacher and what it's led, my passion and where it's led, they can see I can put my passion to work here too. Um, but it's gotta, it's gotta be their choice. And, and I think young people leave generally as a product of one or two things. Um, I can't see getting an opportunity in Wichita uh, that I like, that I want, right? Or um, I wanna go somewhere where I can enjoy my youth mm -hmm. to its fullest. I'll worry about opportunity later. Uh, and I think both those things have to be addressed to get every young kid to stay. Uh, but I, I don't know that young people leaving is as bad as it sounds. I, I think if we were to become a community of boomerangers, and I'm talking about the the 30 year old that's you know got a couple toddlers or starting their their family, if we could say, yeah, yeah, here's where you want to be. If you want to go check out, you know, you know, a bigger city, go do that because your experience is there. Your experience in those urban communities, your experience in those jobs will only make Wichita stronger. So go out, go do that, but come back because we, like I said in the panel, because as a community, we decided here's where everyone's going to get a great education by the best teachers. Here's where you're going to feel like you belong. Here's where you're going to find a job that can power your family for generations and where there's going to be peace, right? I think if we did that, Wichita wins. Go enjoy your oceans now, your mountains now. Yeah. We love yeah. to have you back. Then come work here. Then retire and go enjoy the oceans and mountains again. Mm -hmm. Luis, it's been great having you on the podcast. We really appreciate it.
<laughs> Continued success to Keycentrics. And thank you for being a leader, even though you didn't name yourself as a leader. Thank you for being a leader in our community. Definitely not. I'm just a big mouth. <laughs> One of our favorite big mouths. Thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our two-parter with Luis Rodriguez, someone who has strong views on our city. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 264. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.